Hello and welcome to the Zetamar podcast today, 27th of January 2022. I'm joined today by my colleague Tomasz Kefas, a Mozambican analyst on the Cabo Ligado project, and much more besides. We're going to be discussing today's headlines before turning to the piece that Tomasz wrote for the latest Cabo Ligado monthly report about the role of religion in mediating conflict in Mozambique. Good morning, Tomasz. Good morning, Tom, and thank you for inviting me. Thanks a lot for uh, for coming on. So before we turn to Cap Delgado, which which does have a tendency to dominate all conversations about Mozambique these days, let's first look at a couple of big stories in central Mozambique over the last few days. Um, the aftermath of Storm Anna and also the ongoing fallout from the crash in Zambezia on Saturday. Today is day two of a two-day national mourning period which was declared by the Council of Ministers this week uh, in what I think has quite widely been seen as a belated response by government to this tragedy. Tomás, is that right? Yes, indeed, uh, Tom. Uh, It has been a delayed response, probably because the accident took place uh, far away from the capital Maputo. Uh, Whenever an accident takes place in Maputo, let's say in Manisa, where most of the accidents in the last uh, uh, the last times took place, there will definitely be a rapid response from from from, from the government. So Niasa, as I said, uh, I mean Zambez, as I said, is far away from the from the capital, and that might explain the the late response. But also because um, uh, road accidents are becoming more frequent in Mozambique, statistics says that uh, at least more than one people, one thousand people die every year because of the road accidents. So it's nothing nothing new. Uh, in less than the, um, three months, there was a very, very, very tragic accident here in Maputo. What the government did was to create a commission to investigate the causes that were behind the, the accident. The commission brought some explanation, but after that, there is no a strate- a strategy or a policy that was implemented by the government in order to reduce the, the the frequency of these accidents, but most of the res- most of the factors are, are well known, and the government know- knows as well, and that's why they are, they were a little bit late to to, to respond to, to this situation because uh, because there there's nothing they can do. Two main reasons why there are many roads accidents in Mozambique is that uh, the first is the poor state of the of the roads in Mozambique. Actually, most of the public uh, infrastructure is, is a very poor quality. And the second is the lack of lightning uh, and sign, signals on the roads. Okay, so a car that is uh, driving over, uh, or during the night, uh, there are very, very big, big chances of uh, creating accidents. So those reasons, those factors are well known. And unless the, the government address uh, those factors, we will continue having these accidents. The two days mornings, two days mornings that uh, was decreed by the, the government uh, is just to say that the government, uh, is just to give the impression that the government is doing something, you know, that the government is recognizing exactly. But in fact, it will not change anything uh, I've heard that the government is uh, uh, again going to create a commission to investigate this issue. There will be multiple commissions, but unless we we target, we address the real causes of the accidents, 
we unfortunately we will have more more of these uh, incidents in the future. Yeah, yeah, just to show that they care. Yeah, and you say you say the the roads kill a thousand people a year regularly, right? That means it's a bigger killer, bigger killer than the Capital Guard insurgency, which I think is is around three thousand dead now after four years of going on. Bigger, a bigger killer than the COVID pandemic, which is obviously caused <laughs> massive upheaval. Exactly. Yeah, because this data was brought by the um, Mozambique Association for the Victims of Road Accidents. Uh, they have been making this uh, database of accidents and the victims. And we have to make sure that uh, not all the accidents come to this database. So um, it's a shame. Yeah, true, true, true. So, I mean, it's... um. I mean, the death toll isn't the only measure. Obviously, the, the, the insurgency grabs a lot of attention because it, 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 there's also a challenge to state power in the way that road accidents aren't. Um, and as many people have pointed out, there are other things more deadly than the COVID pandemic, like malaria. But nevertheless, you know, you'd think that something which kills a thousand Mozambicans prematurely every year would deserve a, a really urgent response. I mean, I'm not an expert on road design, but I, I, I believe that, you know, that, Road safety is uh, can be designed into into road infrastructure, and I think I've uh, long argued that that should be something that donors who are financing roads. I mean, often these things are paid for by the World Bank or other Western donors ought to really be insisting on before they um, before they finance these uh, vital but often deadly pieces of infrastructure. Um, Okay, uh, still on, I guess, uh, an infrastructure theme is the aftermath of Storm Anna, uh, which took out a bridge in Tet, um, I think took out a bridge in Zambezia as well, Tomas, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, uh, in Zambezia, uh, the Anna uh, the storm, it uh, destroyed uh, one of the bridges that was uh, inaugurated just uh, less than two months ago. It was in December last year, and um, the Minister of uh, of Infrastructure of Mozambique, uh, he said that uh, that infrastructure was res- resilient to the climate change, to the cyclones. But what what we have realized is that um, uh, it's nothing like that, and it was it wasn't just in. Um, in Zambezi that we saw the damages of the public infrastructures. We saw the similar pattern in um, the province of Nampula and, and Teti as well. And, and, and besides these um, damages in the public infrastructure, we have seen uh, each day the number of the death toll increasing. And unfortunately in Teti, one of the administrations, administra- uh, administrators that was uh, going to assess uh, the impact of the cyclone Anna uh, unfortunately died uh, uh, when he was dri- driving to one of the places, one of the locations he was going to visit. So the problem with the cyclone, it comes in two phases. The first, it comes with heavy rains and heavy winds, which destroys everything that it finds on its way. But the second problem, the most serious one, is the rain that will come after that. And it seems like, again, we are, we are caught in a situation where the, the government is not prepared to deal with the situation. But not, not, not because we didn't have any information about the cyclones. Uh, cyclones are um, 
becoming more frequently. Uh, obviously, because of the climate change, there, there are absolutely some links. Uh, in, in the last three years, we had the, the cyclone Aidai and the cyclone Kenneth, uh, and, and then there were some warnings that more cyclones are coming. And, and unfortunately, during the, 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 the past five years, we haven't done much to prevent and also to support people in terms of a humanitarian situation. Uh, we haven't been doing much in order to make uh, public infrastructures more resilient to the climate change, to the cyclones, and to these um, natural events. So, yeah, it, it has been very, yeah. Mm. Talking of uh, more cyclones to come, I mean, there's another there's another warning out um, came out yesterday from from the Meteorological Institute's cyclone monitoring unit that there's another one um, forming a, a tropical depression forming in the Indian Ocean um, they they were vain how it might affect Mozambique they say it's heading for Mauritius but they're expecting it to be in the Mozambique channel and it, by the sounds of what they say it sounds like it's going to be stronger than than Anna as well yes absolutely and actually the the, the representative of the meteorological institute went to television to talk about this possible cyclone that will hit mozambique and he didn't uh, give any guarantee when or or where it will hit in mozambique so there is much of uh, uncertainty um uh, on, on it and 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 also we uh, the INGC institute the INGC which is a government body to deal with these uh, uh, calamities hasn't started preparing the, the the populations to face this new cyclone because it's still busy managing uh, the current one the the, the cyclone Anna so um, yeah it, it, it those are very dark days for for Mozambique and. INGD, uh, technically, it's it's now called. Yeah, it does seem to be overstretched, to say the least, because it's also supposed to be dealing with the humanitarian issues, ongoing humanitarian issues of displacement from the conflict in Cap Delgado. Yes, sorry, it's INGD, exactly. And one another issue is um, the Prime Minister said that the government is not prepared um, to deal with the, the humanitarian consequences that are uh, are uh, going to be the result of the both cyclones that will that the, the 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 one that is hitting Mozambique at this moment and the one that will come. So the government is right now trying to reach to donors to see if they can support Mozambique on how to deal with the the consequences uh, in terms of restoring the lives and the public infrastructures, as well as to support uh, and to provide the humanitarian assistance. So um, we also have to recognize that um, the intensity and the frequencies of these cyclones is too much for Mozambique alone to deal with, uh, and which I think there should be some commitment by the international community to assist Mozambique uh, in these situations. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and I think, I mean, in the in the aftermath of Idai, which is the, which was the biggest cyclone in recent years, I think there was this tension between Mozambique wanting um, its institution, the INGD, to be in charge of the recovery, and uh, lots of outside uh, humanitarian agencies coming in and, 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 and wanting to have the autonomy to work in the way they wanted to work as well. Uh, Storm Anna is not um, anything like that serious so far, thankfully. Although I mean, the, the, the effects are 
um, very serious for a good number of people in Mozambique, and there could be more cyclones to come, as we say. Let's move on uh, to Cap Delgado. So one of the stories coming out today is that uh, Lesotho, which is um, has contributed troops to the SADC mission in Mozambique, is now uh, reconsidering whether it can actually afford to do so. To do so, it's never been entirely clear where the money is coming from for this SADC mission. After the last SADC summit, um, President Musi said the three-month extension had been budgeted at $29.5 million, I think. Um, but again, it, there was no talk of where that came from. Perhaps it's just um, individual countries are fi- financing their own participation. That's certainly what it sounds like from what the Lesotho finance minister is saying. If you, do you have any um, any insights into, into that question, Tomáš? Um, no, uh, to that specific question, I don't have many insights, but... Um, I would like to comment on the possible withdrawal of the Lesotho if uh, they don't find enough funds to, to remain in, the, in this mission. Uh, but the thing is, uh, Lesotho has deployed the troops to Nangade, and they've been um, making a very important role in patrolling the area, as well as defending the um, villages and communities against insurgents' attacks. The Lesotho troops have been... Um, working alongside Mozambican forces and uh, Tanzanian forces. So if uh, a withdrawal of uh, the Lesotho troops will might definitely affect the capacity of the uh, ACDC mission in Mozambique uh, in that part of the region. And um, it will not be... Uh, and it also affected the world spirit of this mission because uh, having one country uh, withdrawing the, the the participation in the in this mission might affect other countries as well to do the same and to follow suit. So I'm not sure how it will uh, how it will affect the participation of uh, Lesotho in this mission, but it will definitely affect the situation on the ground because it will reduce the capacity of the of the mission in that area. Yeah, and potentially a, a crack forming in that uh, coalition, which I suppose Mozambique and maybe other participants would do well to ensure it doesn't happen by trying to come up with some financing. There's another interesting story breaking, uh, and I'm a bit loath to talk much about it because I don't entirely know. Um, it's not entirely clear to me what's happening, but there, there's, there was a briefing yesterday by the European Union Trading Mission head uh, the head of the, their mission in Mozambique uh, yesterday in the European Parliament, in which he referred to, apparently, according to a tweet I've seen, a, a request from Rwanda for European finance for its mission in Mozambique. Um, so that I will be looking into that um, more closely and bringing, uh, hopefully, a, a report on that to our subscribers. Okay, so turning now, Tomáš, to um, this very interesting piece you've written for the latest Cabo Ligado monthly report, um, on the role of religious institutions in mediating conflict in Mozambique. And you give a lot of historical background around the Renamo conflict, which was, uh, on the face of it, not so overtly uh, rel- religiously motivated uh, a conflict. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being very, I'm trying to be careful here because there's a lot of controversy and obviously it would be very unfair to sort of paint the current conflict in in. Cap Delgado is having anything to do with Islam as a, you know, the, the, the mass religion it is. 
but that it's sort of religious extremism is playing a role in inspiring it. But um, anyway, that's not necessarily what what your piece is about. It's more about, like I say, the the role of religious institutions in mediating conflict um, and how they've traditionally done that in Mozambique and how that might happen again this time. Uh, I'm going to hand over to you now, Tomas, because I'm talking about something which you know far more than I do. Yes, um, uh, as I said in my piece, uh, we cannot talk about conflicts in Mozambique without talking uh, about this very important actor, which is the the churches and the religion, the religion uh, in, in general. In my piece, I started analyzing the role and the impact of religion and um, uh, conflict mediation in Mozambique uh, from the independence of Mozambique, which was in 1975. But it's important to emphasize that. Um, uh, prior to the independence of Mozambique, uh, we already have the mission for Switzerland that uh, supported many Mozambicans, including uh, Eduardo Mogliani, who is one of the founding members of the Frelimo, to go and uh, study in the United States. And then when he came back, uh, he was the one who created the basis to uh, create the, the, the Frelimo movement, which fought for the independence. And um, and after the independence, uh, Mozambique became a communist uh, country uh, in terms of ideology, in terms of policy, in terms of how it looks to the society. And it didn't create much space for the religion to participate in the, and, and engage in the society. But that started uh, shifting in the, during the 16 years conflict between um, the Frelimo government and the opposition movement Renamo in 1984 when the Christian Council of Mozambique which is a very uh, a very important uh, civil society organization in Mozambique uh, started creating a commission for peace and reconciliation in order to bring to the table uh, both the leaders of the government as well as the the Renamo so what I wanted to bring, uh, I wanted to, um, to emphasize the role that religion has played uh, almost in the history of the independent Mozambique. So if we start from the 16 years uh, civil war and then the, um, the, the military confrontations between Renamo and government forces uh, after the, um, the peace, uh, the peace the deal that was signed in 1992, uh, the, um, uh, if we had those deals, uh, mostly because the, um, the engagement of the uh, Catholic Church and the, the Christian Council of Mozambique in, in particular. Uh, right now, we, we have witnessed three deals that have been signed by the Mozambican government as well as the Renamo party. The first one was the 1992 in Rome, the capital of Italy, and the second one was in 2014 uh, in the year of the elections, and the last one was in 2019 between the Osof Momadi and the and the uh, Philip Nyusi, the president of Mozambique. So, what the churches did in all those conflicts? was to bring um, the, the parties into the table because uh, the churches have realized that uh, not only the churches but uh, uh, the society itself have realized that uh, conflicts in Mozambique, they do not finish with the, 
with the military approach. The military uh, solution just drags the conflict. But when people are, um, are invited to the table to discuss, to find a solution to the problem based on dialogue, uh, the outcome of that uh, becomes uh, different. And this has been the approach of the religion institution since the independence of Mozambique and, and until now. And uh, it's not exception that in this conflict of, uh, that is taking place in Cap Delgado since 2017, the churches and the religious organizations were there uh, in the first place. The, fir- the, the first thing they did was to um, uh, support and provide the humanitarian assistance to uh, the displaced people, mostly those uh, arriving in uh, the capital Pemba, as well as on the, in other um, in other towns and districts like Montepoix, Mentuji, and uh, Anquabi. But also um, the church uh, in, in Cap Delgado have been uh, trying to speak out about uh, the, 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 the dangers uh, as well as the, the, the way that the government is dealing uh, with the violence in, in northern Mozambique. And also I feel like the, the church is more has been more prominent and um, and engaging in this conflict between um, apparently it seems like a religious war because um, as we know the insurgents the insurgents themselves uh, they identify uh, with the Islamic religion uh, although the churches uh, have been promoting uh, meetings and platforms involving all churches and um, religious organizations in order to create an harmony and um, a unity to say that uh, the war that is taking place in capital Gata has nothing to do with religion and also only that those who are who are carrying arms in the name of the insurgents are using the the islamic uh, uh, religion as an umbrella to 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 claim for for, for what they're, they're claiming, you know, but in terms of the, yeah. Do you think there's a there's a risk that it's that religious involvement is counterproductive if this insurgency is fueled by um, is Islamic fundamentalism, Islamic extremism, if that's how uh, people are being recruited to it by fringe extremist Muslim preachers. Then having the establishment, establishment uh, Muslim organizations and Christian organizations working together to try and say, you know, can everyone calm down, please? Is that that's not that's that's gonna that's not gonna get a, a, a good reception among the disaffected youth who are being appealed to by these extremist preachers, right? Uh, yes, that's correct, Tom. But the thing is, uh, right now. We have no preach, no um, particular uh, um, religion in Mozambique that have been uh, uh, supporting the insurgents, uh, not even um, Muslim uh, 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 clerics. They have said, like, um, we have nothing to do with what's happening in the in Cap Delgado. And both the Muslims and the Christians, they are saying, like, uh, what's happening in that region is... Um, Motivation is motivated both by um, a kind of international terrorism, as well as um, and and boosted by by social uh, inequality, by poverty, by uh, the fact that the, the youth are disenfranchised in the 
in the pro in province uh, they're not embedded in the economy they do not have employment they have nothing to do and they are easily they're vulnerable to be to be recruited by these uh, uh, extremist groups so that's what uh, both uh, uh, all the organization religions organizations have been, have been saying that uh, uh, the first thing is like we have nothing to do with them uh, with the terrorism that is taking place in the in the province and the second thing they're saying like um, uh, the conflict is being um, boosted by the the social issues like inequality and all the the the, 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 the facts that I mentioned and also that they've been creating like um, a platform of dialogue uh, in order to bring together both uh, representatives of the government as well as the in the insurgents by saying that uh, the only way out of this conflict is by sitting and discussing so these are the perspectives that the, the churches are bringing in order to find a way out of this conflict well, let's hope it can work. Um, I'm just saying, actually, that uh, the think tank IESI is organising two seminars that in, on Saturday, uh, the Saturday in Pemba, and then next week in, in Nampula, uh, again, trying to promote interreligious dialogue for reconciliation and peace. Um, we'll link to that in today's daily briefing as well. Tomás, thanks ever so much for joining us. Uh, I recommend to everyone to read his and the other reports in the Cabaligado Monthly. And indeed, we'll be um, publishing that as a standalone article on zetamar.com today. I'll put a link to that in the podcast show notes, and it'll be in the daily briefing that goes out to our subscribers today. Thanks again, Tomash, and thanks to you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with the final podcast of the week. But for now, goodbye. Goodbye.